LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Group Answers Podcast. I'm Brian Daniel with Chris Surratt. Happy New Year, Brian. We're through it. We made it. And we now did. we're in the we're on the we're on the uptick towards greater lightness. <laughs> on the uphill from December twenty first, which is the <laughs> shortest day of the year. You know, Chris, I am the, the Solstice. Op- yeah. I, I'm the optimist. <laughs> I'm the optimist here. I you have to be in the middle of January in Nashville, Tennessee, because it's gray. It's cold. We feel like we're never going to see the light again. Yeah. So I love the attitude. I walk bent over a little bit because I'm not sure if my head's going to bump the sky or not. That's how low it feels like it is. It do- yes, it does. We're also joined today by Brandon Hiltabidal. Brandon, um, thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for coming back. You know, the yes. last time was kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being back with giving us another shot. <laughs> yeah. You guys are the best. I love uh, just any time I can be near you, it's a win. I think we have to point out the fact that last time Brandon was here, he had a different title. He is now the director of Groups Ministry here at Lifeway. So congratulations. Thanks congratulations. So We're going to push Thank the uh, applause button. Yeah. It's crazy. We have an applause button, don't we? We, we, we are now forced <laughs> we to... We do now. <laughs> as Brandon walks around the office, we're now forced to look away, avert our eyes. Or push the applause button. You know what Brandon or push the fine. applause button. Either one is fine. We were walking to lunch the other day, and Brandon made me walk behind him and to the right. <laughs> he actually said, hey, you need to be behind me Three two steps to the right. Three paces back, Brian. <laughs> Three paces. I, that I under, looks like two. I understand it because when Michael Kelly was in charge, it was like, don't even walk near him. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, go that's in right. the other hall- yeah. hallway. Yeah. Doesn't sound right. So, Chris, Brandon, we are in part two of a two part series where we're addressing some of the uh, mental health issues. And uh, I think we'd all agree that the m- mental health is, has become something that is talked about more in the open these days um, in recent history. But I would also say that the that the definition, how we understand mental health has also been expanded Mm -hmm. to some degree to be more inclusive. And I think rightfully, even though it remains for me just uh, just generationally, it's just not something that's been out in the public forum for so long. It's still quite the sensitive issue. Yeah, there's a stigma attached to it when when people talk about it. You can see, you know, people are are fearful um, that there's going to be weakness and, but it has changed. I think I saw a report actually just the other day, CBS This Morning did a report on a pastor, um, I believe he's in the Atlanta area, that uh, confessed to his church that he is basically burned out and he's going to take a sabbatical. And this is a large church. I think they run around 10,000. And just the willingness to be open about his struggles and the fact that he needs to take a break, I think that's huge for people to see. So last week we talked to Evan Owens and he kind of laid the groundwork on this subject. And this week we've got Brandon in here for a specific reason 
to talk about mental mental health and mental wellness within a group ministry context, and maybe some things that Brandon has learned uh, as a group leader over the years about how to engage. And Chris, I'm sure you have quite a bit of experience in this kind of thing too. Maybe not quite a bit, but some. Are you saying a lot of hurting, angry people attend my group? Is that what you're saying, Brian? Did I? Is that what I said? That's is it's, that, it's, is that's that what I was going. It's actually it's me. I'm that's I'm the one who's. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes, that is true. No, it it is something that you're going to experience if you're a group leader or you're in a group or you know people. And especially this time of year, it's tough. Um, you know, holidays, we think happiness and joy. And for a lot of people, it's the opposite. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have the sad, the, the seasonal uh, disorder. And so January is a tough time. And so there are probably people in your group that are hurting right now. Uh, coming off this this season and then going into kind of a, a dark couple of months. And so I think this is a timely topic for us to address because your group is probably coming back together from the holidays and you've got people that are hurting. And how do you address that? How do you uh, help people that are truly hurting that are in your group? So Brandon, you wrote a post recently about this that I think is kind of a good perspective, a biblical perspective on how to help somebody in your group who's hurting. Well, now that we've talked through the context a little bit more, I'd like to, to widen out our perspective a little bit, if that's okay. Um, so if we're dealing with uh, mental brokenness in people who are following Jesus and the lives of, and the minds of people who are following Jesus, um, the, I, I believe the Bible would encourage us to have a, a nuanced approach to how we deal with that. So the post that I wrote was for suffering group members. That can be physical, emotional, that can be uh, psychological. But as we're talking, I'm reminded of it's been the most impactful sermon that I've ever heard um, in my life. I listen to it every six months just to be sure that it's still there uh, by Tim Keller, and it's called The Wounded Spirit. And uh, You sent that to me several months ago, and I've listened to it like three times since then. So I, I uh, eight years ago, had a real serious season of depression. Um, I've, I've got family members who have had almost the full spectrum of mental illness. And this sermon, in this sermon, Tim Keller uh, walks through Proverbs, and he lays out all the, all the ways in which a human heart can be uh, broken, in, wh- in, in which a human spirit can be um, not whole in the way that God originally intended it to be. And he encourages that. He believes the Bible encourages to have a, a broader view of the way we are made and as, as people— so I, w- I don't want to just come in here and say, oh, here's my, my Bible verse for the day. Sometimes, uh, like if, if you're listening to this, you're leading someone who uh, has mental illness or emotional struggle, psychological struggle, the Bible verse of the day may not be the answer for you sometimes. The way Tim Keller sees it in, in God's Word is that, that we are physical beings. So we have, we have physical problems. We have spiritual problems. We have emotional problems. We have existential problems problems. We have faith problems. So there that to to say to someone who has something physically wrong in their in their brain, this is the Bible verse for you today. It's mm-hmm. Psalms 3:3. That's that's not going to do it. They need medicine. 
to say to somebody who has sin in their life that is unconfessed, that is that is keeping them from peace with God and ultimately peace with the world around them, that, hey, 250 milligrams a day is going to do it for you. It's not. So, uh, yeah, I would say a passage like the one that we were that we're planning to to look at a little bit today and and help people apply it in conversations with their group leaders uh, is one of several ways you can help suffering people. And I think having a broader view of what their needs might be is critical. That's such an important distinction, I think, to make because uh, as a group leader, I mean, unless obviously you do have, and I'm sure there are group leaders out there that have professional and formal training in this subject, you don't have all the tools that are necessary to address some of the things, but you do have the tool of truth in Scripture right. and what can be gleaned from that. And I think an integrated approach is best, but most of us only have one aspect of that, and that is the disciple angle. So right. I think it, we would do well to keep in mind that there are multi. This is a multifaceted, very nuanced conversation and uh, and reaction. No, I think that's that's really good to start with, Brandon. I mean, I've I've been open on the podcast and with people about I've struggled uh, with some mental health things, depression and anxiety, and the worst advice that I can get in the middle of it is you just need to pray more. Or you just need to read your Bible more. You know, it's, 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 yes, spiritual disciplines do help, and I do need to be in the scripture, but it is much deeper than, than that. But there's only so far that we can go as leaders, um, but we need to recognize, and we talked about that with Evan, we need to recognize when they need professional help, when they need medicine. But uh, the first line of response is what we're going to talk about today is, yeah. is, is how, how do you, you know, just talk to somebody and how do you point them to scripture and where is the hope that they can find in Jesus and in scripture? And it's good. And sure. how best to convey that. Yes. Sure. So, yeah, I think if you're coming with an awareness of we're not going to know all of the answers we're not going to know all the source of solutions that they're going to need these people in our lives that are hurting then i think you can bring god's word to bear in it with the right perspective mm-hmm. um and it can be a, a help and not a hurt um so and then i think it's also important to remember that i mean i call the bible a magic book like it is it's living and active it is a living book it is a it is a book that knows us it is a book that interacts with us so Sometimes, sometimes bringing, uh, you know, a 10 word verse to somebody, they won't, they'll do what you talked about, Chris, they'll just kind of brush it off. Ah, that's not what I need today. And sometimes that's not true. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you, you hear five words of scripture and your heart melts, Mm -hmm. you know? So you never know when it's going to be that day. So I think if you come, if you come with God's truth in a, uh, caring and in a careful way, uh, often it will bring its power to, uh, to life in someone's the heart. scripture that you, you pulled out for this particular uh, post is from Psalm 33. What, what drew you to this, Brandon, um, and what, how can this help somebody who's going through a hard time? Well, I would say uh, what drew, it, drew me to it is it's been super helpful in my life, and it's, and it's a text that is – widely applicable in really deep ways. 
really significant ways. So I would encourage any group leader to have like back pocket passages. Like, do you have four or five, six texts memorized that you're just ready to to love somebody with at any time? Romans, the first five, six verses of Romans 5 are awesome for that. Psalm 1 is super uh, uh, helpful for counseling someone. A passage like, this is one verse. Uh, Pretty much the whole book of Psalm, Psalms. I mean, David went through what any of us are, are going through. I mean, you can just read through it, and, and you talk about being open about struggling. David was open about struggling. So this, the verse, this, isn't even, this isn't even a passage. It's just one verse. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. So my shield, my glory, and the lifter of my head. And I, I don't want to say countless because I'm sure I could count them if I really tried. But many, many times uh, uh, somebody in my life, either in my group or in my family or my friends are dealing with something emotional, physical, spiritual, and there are so many answers in these few phrases um, that can be helpful for somebody's heart. So let's go through it. So the first part you talk about is the Lord is your shield. What does that mean to you? So the, the Lord, his name, Yahweh, means the existing one. And uh, so he is existence. Uh, the Bible also says, for by him and to him and through him are all things. Uh, it can be super helpful. I mean, profound. When you're dealing with something that you don't understand or that you don't feel like you can bear to recognize that there is no way for that to have gotten to you without going through God. If he has all the power, and he must if he is, and if he controls everything, and he must, and he does, then for a circumstance to get to you, it had to get through. It had to get through him. He, no, nothing snuck up on you. I literally, I did not know you were going to pick this post to talk about. I quoted this verse to a friend of mine last Friday morning at Culver's, um, or last Friday at lunch at Culver's, uh, who was going through a, a, a marriage struggle, and it's a, he was literally in tears. And I was able to share this verse with him just last week. Like this, this did not happen in spite of the best efforts of the Lord. Like he knows uh, what he is allowing and why he is the shield. He is before you. He is behind you. He is above you. He is beneath you. And none of this pain gets through to you um, without his uh, sovereign allowance. You know what I mean? And then the second part of that is the Lord is your significance and That doesn't just jump out at me. Significance. What does that mean? Well, other other translations say your glory. Um, He's your shield. He's your glory. Um, And, man, especially to somebody who's, to take it back to our original thread of thought, somebody who's depressed, um, somebody who's kind of questioning their place in the world, somebody who's suicidal, uh, we all want to matter. We all want to be valued. And that's what glory means. Glory means weightiness. It means significance. 
And if we are, and we are, made in the image of God, and especially if we are in the family of God through the work of Jesus Christ, then we are literally in him, like God looks at us and sees the perfection of his son. We don't have to live with and be satisfied with whatever uh, significance we can convince ourselves that we have because of uh, who likes us or what we do for a living Mm -hmm. or what we do for fun. Uh, we have the significance of the existing one as our own. We have that glory and increasingly more so as we are being transformed into a likeness with ever increasing glory. So I think recognizing that what makes us significant is bigger than us and outside of us uh, is a breath of fresh air. So it's, it's great because so many times we try to pull ourselves out of it by what we can do. We look yeah. at we, we look at okay what can I achieve, you know my significance. I'm going to do better today. Yeah, I won't feel like this tomorrow. Right, right, because of what I can do. Where what what this says is it's because of what God can do, His significance, His power, His glory, and what He's us. already done. I don't remember the Bible study that we put out a while ago, but the the line the headline for it was "Become who you already are in Christ." Mm-hmm. I, that still sticks with me, like. We already are approved. We already are perfected. We already are complete. We already are loved. And when you are able to see that reality in the Lord outside of your circumstances, it's massive. I think there's. I've always, I've always loved the word or a reference to weight or weightiness in this context. I think sometimes, a lot of the time, guys, we do not bring the full weight of who we are in Christ. That's such a whoever said it. That is such a beautiful visual. Yeah. Of being, <clears throat> that is such a beautiful visual of what it means to be a mm, a practicing a growing disciple in Christ. Is this visual of or this idea of the full weight? And uh, one of my favorite verses is uh, in Second Corinthians four: "For a momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely." incomparable eternal weight of glory, which is a great visual as well. And I think when you're talking about significance in this context, this idea of weightiness and the Lord is your significance, or Brandon, in your post, you refer the Lord is your weight, then that is where our dependence is. And that there's this this idea that it's implication that is absolutely true, that it doesn't change. This weight is significant and it doesn't change right. and it's yours. So absolutely. I, I, here's the deal. When, when we're in this context, it seems like to me, we have to bring, when we're in these situations, and this is to group leaders, and Chris, to your point about when any of us, much that are going through anything, much less something that would be considered that could be diagnosable, to drop in a verse and then run is ultimately ineffective. You, we have to bring the full weight of who we are in the scriptural context, and you have to be willing to stand in there with someone. That doesn't mean that you have to have the silver bullet that fixes the person. That just means you have to be willing to stand in and let God work through you. Yeah. So to bring it back to uh, practical, when you're dealing with somebody in your group or somebody in your family— somebody in your life who is suffering, who is uh, struggling with 
emotional issues, if you can help them remember and see, and, and sometimes saying it won't be enough, but if you can help them see that God is their shield, this did not get, whatever this circumstances is, did not get to them unbeknownst to him. And he is their significance. This circumstance does not change the things that matter most about who they are. There's a lot of power in that. And then the third one, the third phrase in that verse is he's the lifter of, uh, he's the one who lifts my head. So he's the shield around me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. And what that means is this is probably the most beautiful one. Uh, So someone's suffering, their head is hung low, and in this in this instance, David was, I mean, David suffered a lot, as Chris already mentioned. He lost his job. He's lost his family. He was homeless when he wrote this, essentially. I think he was living in a cave, if I remember correctly. Running from his son. So by, most of us probably haven't dealt with uh, a set of circumstances that bad. But as his head was hanging and as undoubtedly tears flowed down his face, he knew the one who would lift up his eyes or lift up his gaze to meet to meet the eyes was his father. He was he he's saying that my vision will be shifted upward, that I will see that I have a hope beyond this moment, and that's what that's what this is leading us to is help us helping us to realize that we have a hope beyond the circumstances of our brokenness. We have a hope well past. Uh, whatever it is that is weighing us down and is causing us to suffer, um, that, you know what, let me, I want to read a quote. This is a super famous quote that kind of ties all three things things together. This is Jonathan Edwards, one of my favorite uh, definitions of the life of a Christian. Uh, Jonathan Edwards said that our bad things turn out for good, our good things can never be lost, and the best things are yet to come. That's pretty great. And that, that is a, a pretty sweet summary of the Christian life. So when you can help somebody see, hey, guess what? No matter how this ends, it's awesome for you. Like the, the, the best thing that could happen to you is probably to die. You know what I mean? Like That's cheery, Brandon. That's true. <laughs> for me yep. to live as Christ and to and die is far came. better. Yep. Like, like yep. if the worst thing that could ever happen to you is probably the best thing that could ever happen to you, what a sweet circumstance we have as people who are in Christ. So mm-hmm. our hope is always futuristic. It's all, no matter best days or worst days, the, the most hope we can possibly have is always forever. And so, man, that's, that's really, I can say from having lived in depression, that's really, that can be hard to hear when you're like, okay, but my today is awful. Yeah. But the reality is that when we are able to get our eyes lifted up and see our father and see the one who holds our hope in his hand well into the future, there is, uh, there is healing available in that. Yeah. And I, I love how you end that on the post. You said our, our dark moments will never have the last word. That is a good, good statement. Yep. It, for one, it, it is a moment. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me through my times, knowing that it is a season. Now, the, the seasons last different lengths, but it is a season. And sometimes, as you said, the season may be when I when I see Jesus. You know, that's but it is a moment, and it will not have the last word because Jesus is the last word. He is our hope. And the definition of hope, or at least one of the understandings of hope here, is tomorrow can always be better. And the worst thing that can happen is, uh, like Brandon says, is that I have eternal eternal life in the. In the uh, with the Lord, yeah, we have the ultimate hope. Yeah. yeah, 
So that's where the story ends, regardless of where we are today. And uh, there's always the hope that in Christ tomorrow can be better. Yeah. Always that. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, Brandon, for sure. uh, for helping us with that. And um, again, if you haven't listened to last week, I, I would encourage you to go do that. Listen to uh, our episode with Evan Owens because he gave some practical information on if you're dealing with somebody who's really going through something tough, um, if somebody is suicidal, how you can see you know some of the signs for that and how you can get help for that. But uh, you know, our first stop is scripture. And just have those scriptures that you can turn to when somebody's hurting in your group. And it's not going to always be the, oh, now I see it. Now I'm better. But it'll be uh, maybe that seed that they can turn to when they're they're going through those rough times. Yeah, Brandon, real quick. So how did it end with with your friend a few weeks ago? I'm sure that those two hours or those three hours, you guys didn't walk away. Or I would assume you guys didn't walk away. It's like, oh, well, that's over. Yeah, no, he's still – we're still talking every day. Uh, he is still not sure what is going to happen in his marriage. Um, I've never, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone fight for, uh, joy in the Lord, the way I've watched him the last few weeks. So I would say he's seen it and he doesn't know how his circumstances are going to end. He doesn't know if he's going to get what he wants, but he is what he is, you know, he's moving forward in faith that, uh, that God is the best thing that could ever happen to him. And that if he uh, tries to do what the Lord asks, and he's just really, really pursuing that relationship and pursuing Christ-likeness. And uh, uh, so, so far, so good. So, Chris, I would say that measures or levels of unresolved joy are just a part of the disciple's life and on this yes, side of heaven. That's yep. good. Yep. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, but we want to point out another podcast that's on our network, the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. It's The One Thing, and it's hosted by Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna. As a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network family, they've recently covered topics like handing off ministries, knowing when to say goodbye, and growth barriers. So just look up The One Thing on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And speaking of subscribe, we would encourage you to subscribe to the Group Answers Show, and you can do that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, how about giving us a rating? That would be be wonderful. We do look at those things, and they do inform future show topics. So we thank you in advance for that. And we're now available on Spotify. Brian, did you know that? I didn't. I did not know that. So if you use Spotify to listen to music, they have podcasts. And so now you can find the Group Answers podcast on Spotify. All good news. That's going to wrap it up here today. And this two-part series on uh, addressing mental health in your small group. Chris, thanks so much for being the wonderful host. Brandon, thanks for being with us. For all you listeners out there, look forward to being with you again soon.